This is exactly right. Forgive me for interrupting. I'm Bridger Weiniger, host of I Said No Gifts on Exactly Right. Each week, I invite my favorite people in comedy over to chat, and they always bring a gift. We're coming up on our 200th episode, and every episode is a gem. I have welcomed all kinds of great guests, including Cola Scola, Bowen Yang, Robbie Hoffman. It goes on and on and on. And you don't want to miss the 200th episode with the great Maria Bamford. What does she bring me? Find out April 25th. New episodes every Thursday. Follow I Said No Gifts wherever you get your podcasts. Right, is the matter. <laughs> Welcome. Welcome to a Minnesota episode of My Favorite Murder. The Minnesota episodes. This is the Minnesota that's an episode. It's not really an episode, it's a Minnesota. Oh, God. How are you, Karen? Why won't we just write some small <laughs> phrase up to start these fucking that's podcasts? Like, like a gimmicky, like, because you know why? That's it. That'll be our death. If we do that, we're done for. Okay, so isn't it? I think that's good. Okay. But just let's never write it down. Let's start. Okay. And Wegan. Hey, this is my favorite murder mini so that's Karen. I'm Georgia. We're gonna read your mini that you guys fucking send us, which we love. Which is awesome. You know how it works. You've been here before. This isn't your first mini so Dio. Yeah. Get it? Wait, what did you see? Minnesota. <laughs> Thank you. That's all. That's Dig all it. I needed. Dig it. Do you want me to go first? Yes, please. Because I'm looking at a subject line that's the cook, the vet, the knives, and her blunder. I need this in my life. Uh, someone really bent over backwards for that one. <laughs> Better be good. Uh, all right. Hello, Karen of Georgia. Looking forward to seeing you in Portland on March 25th. Too late. Already happened. <laughs> How was it? Yeah. Let's actually, we'd love to circle back and find out what your experience was like. <laughs> My hometown murder is still a mystery to those who knew the family. Although someone has been put in jail, none of us really believe we have the whole story. Nice start. I've been working for the same program for 15 years. We are a tight-knit community. Myself and a couple other murderinos are camp directors just outside of Portland in Corbett, Oregon. Corbett is a small farm town is small farm town, USA. Everybody knows everyone. One general store, one school, Hazelin and Jerry Stomps were known as, oh my God, Hazelin and Jerry Stomps were wow. known as a happy couple around town. She, a cook at the local camp, and he, a community volunteer, a minister, and Vietnam vet. That sounds like a perfect life. What a life. Uh, they had two sons and were grandparents to their kids. Uh, <laughs> I get it. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. We'll assume that's hope. exactly what. We think it means. Jerry would often bring his hunting trophies home to the large farm. Lynn would bring the samples of Jerry's hunting trips out to us at site, at site, elk, deer, once even a bear for us to sample. Wow. Mm-hmm. Some nice bear stew. Oh, she says in parentheses, I passed on the bear <laughs> right after. Lynn was our head cook for almost 20 years. Upon arriving to work on a Monday in February 2009, the first question out of everyone's mouth was, did you hear what happened to Lynn? Love that question. Lynn was found on the side of the road with several broken bones, including her hip, and, and was in the hospital. Her and Jerry had had plans to sell their boat and meet two men <gasps> at the 
Gordon Creek Road Bridge. Upon arrival, one of the men pulled a gun and oh threatened God. them. Jerry told Linda run, which she did, but one of the men ran after her, cut up to her on the bridge, and chucked her 19 feet over the side. Holy shit. Jerry was missing. It took her almost three hours to army crawl through <gasps> the river and up the hill to reach the road. Oh, my God. She said she could see her neighbors driving by and tried to flag them down, but wearing all camo like you do oh. in Corbett, Oregon. That is so true. Oh every Like every fifth person when we were in Portland had camouflage something on, a jacket or some shorts. Wow. Okay. Um, so she... This is the downside of wearing camo. Yeah. You actually can't be seen when you need to be seen. You can't get seen when you get thrown off a bridge, no. when you get chucked off a bridge. Jesus. Okay. Eventually, a neighbor of uh, Lynn's noticed her hand <gasps> reaching just above the guardrail and stopped and took her to the hospital. Oh, my God. Can you imagine fucking driving and seeing a hand coming out of the guardrail? <sighs> and you're like, I'm going to stop, but I have no idea what it's going to happen. <sighs> You're That's like, terrifying. is that Lynn's hand? That's like the opposite of when you see a kitten climb out of the brush. You're like, <laughs> oh my God, I'm a sound, there's a kitten. Then you're just like, oh my God, I have to stop because there's really like four things this hand coming through the guardrail could be. Fuck, man. I just, I'm worse. picturing that and it's like, hopefully a it was horror nighttime. Movie. And it was right as that car <gasps> rounded a turn. Oh my God. So it was like the headlights flashed Sudden. down onto that guardrail. And you're like, did I really? Did you see that? Da -na -na. Oh my god! No. And I hope Lynn was very pale. Yeah. Okay. Let's find out. Okay. It was all over the news. We brought her flowers and a card in the hospital. Lynn fretted about Jerry and hoped that the mm. police were working to find him. She worked with the police to prepare the composite sketches, but was shady on the details due to the fact that she was so traumatized. Thing be things began to fall apart when the police noticed so many inconsistencies no. in her story. No. Lynn. Um, Lynn's story really began to unravel when one of their sons noticed that Jerry's revolver was still at his residence, a fact that didn't add up to his family mm. as Jerry always traveled with it. Lynn's story didn't hold water for the police and they searched the Stomp's Christmas tree farm. Of course you have a Christmas tree farm. <laughs> uh, I got a call at 1030 at night from my colleague who does not call me the greatest mm -hmm. saying Lynn Stomps was just arrested for murder and mutilation of a corpse. Oh my God. Their house was filled with Pepsi cans and everything was a little too clean. Wait, that I feel like those contradict each other. Totally. Lynn high on caffeine, apparently chopped up her husband of 39 years and buried or burned him on the property. The bones so badly burned and fragmented that he had essentially been turned into charcoal, the prosecutor stated. I'm sorry, caffeine doesn't do that to you. You know what does that? Meth and anger. Yeah. I wonder if that's sarcasm. Oh. That's not reading. <laughs> because also, just like, how is their house filled with Pepsi cans and then meticulously clean? Or just maybe that she cleaned afterwards. Right. Yeah. I, for someone who drinks coffee all day long, yeah. I, I still can't get it up to murder my, no. my husband. <laughs> all right. The bo uh, okay, it took a lot longer to identify the bones of Jerry because they used the same methods when processing an animal, so the burn piles had many different types of bones in them. Oh, fuck. Oh, God. How have I never heard of this? Hazel Lynn, well, that name alone. Amazing. Hazel Lynn was no stranger to rendering a game animal in her days, as her husband was an avid hunter, and she had uh, a set of sharp kitchen knives. Oh, shit. oh, she had our set of sharp kitchen knives, <gasps> which we never got back. What? Do you want them back? I mean, at that point, are you going to go to the police and be like, hey, if you're done using that evidence? Yeah, we, 
It, Ginsu knives are not cheap. I mean, they're Henkels, you know, we got them for our wedding anniversary. <laughs> we love the block. It's just sitting there empty. It's just like depressing. Okay, in court, the defense stated that Lynn, 125 pounds and five feet tall, what? couldn't have killed her 220 pounds, six foot tall husband with her hands. The prosecutor made a quick point to say, I didn't say she used her hands. <laughs> a news film, uh, a news video filmed from a helicopter would focus in on different areas, the wood pile, the burn pile, Jerry was spread out all over their property. And what really sealed the deal was the fully intact human spine in a burned out garbage can. Oh my Ugh. God. We all speculated domestic violence or Lynn covering for one of her sons and her family pleaded with her to share more information, but she remained silent. The most likely scenario is Lynn was mired in a secret debt that Jerry didn't know about. Upon that realization, a fight or altercation resulted in Jerry being shot at close range with his own gun. Fuck. Lynn disposed of his body, went to the bridge to plant his fishing pole and other items to imply that he drowned or disappeared fishing one day. Upon planting the evidence, she slipped and fell down the hillside and had to make her make up her story while fighting to survive with a broken hip in icy cold Gordon Creek. Oh my God. So like she didn't do that on purpose. It's that like was a an cover. accident. <laughs> oh. Because I was, for one second, I was like, so she threw herself over a bridge. Yeah. That's intense. Um, <clears throat> Lynn had remained silent. Um, the case was closed quickly and she currently resides in the women's state prison on a 25 year sentence. To this day, I work in the same kitchen that Lynn did with her former best friend. We all speculate on why it went down, but the secret stays with Lynn. Uh, thanks for the humor, the strange and enjoyable hobby that is true crime. And for being some kick-ass ladies, I honestly believe that fucking politeness and all your other wise words are helping empower women and other humans to truly stay sexy and not Aww. get murdered. Thank you. That's so nice. Cheers, Andrea, Lynn, and Amanda. That's they all, amazing. They all sent it together. What a fucking crazy story. Don't you think if it was domestic violence, she would have been like, it's fucking domestic violence? Yeah, like a, like, um, what is it called? A reason? What's it <laughs> Motive. called? Motive. <laughs> what a really we? good reason. So we have a true crime podcast. That's right. We love it. You think it was her I My was first guess is her son. Something with her son. She covered it up. Yeah. I mean, yeah, she flanked him. She, maybe she cut him up and all this shit, but she covered it. Maybe he was, ab no. Only abusing the son? Yeah. I mean, but they were married for so long. I know. Jesus, I don't know. You also, it couldn't have been an accident because then you don't have, you don't burn the body. No. That burning part is really intense. Yeah. Cut up and burnt. Like, and even being like, oh, it was, saying it was an accident and it wasn't makes more sense if you, if you killed them than actually do it, like going to that level of fucking covering up yes yeah there's um there seems to be bad intentions behind yeah. that for sure yeah. a hatred or a lack of feelings anyhow yes. um, i like the idea of that there's three women that just stand around and talk about the fourth that's not there anymore who used to work there totally and they work in a fucking kitchen and they like serve up food all day and they, just talk shit they got their hair nets on Dude. and they're just leaning and not cleaning that's <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like a perfect life <laughs> that's the dream um it really is okay this is called a murderer afoot 
There have been a few murders in the area I live, but one sticks out to me more than others. FYI, sorry in advance for being long-winded. Uh-oh. <laughs> so we're only doing two t- t- this week. <laughs> My friend lived in an apartment complex that didn't seem entirely safe. One day I told him about a car in the parking lot with its window busted in, and he informed me that that sort of thing happened once a week. I told him that he needed to move. He later informed me that while walking from the apartment to the mailbox, that someone hit him over the head with something heavy and stole his wallet. What the fuck? I told him to move. It took a little while after this when he finally found a new apartment. A few weeks later, a few weeks after he moved, a woman from his old apartment complex went missing. Oh. Well, maybe not important. This is the eastern, this is in eastern Gresham, 30 minutes from downtown Portland, Oregon, and 30 minutes from complete lack of civilization, which surprises me so much about Portland. Yeah. Um, It's like in the middle of the forest. Yeah. Like you go outside of the hipster areas and it's like, small small town yeah um i have often thought of it as the armpit of portland but urban dictionary has us as the asshole of portland wow (laughs) can't argue with that i mean urban dictionary (laughs) her name was whitney heichel and while i don't know her at all i knew her shitty apartment complex she worked at a local starbucks and was leaving her apartment to head there the morning of October 16th, 2012. She never arrived. Later that day, her SUV was found at the local Walmart, and two days later, her cell phone was found at a different apartment complex. When the car was discovered, I immediately knew she had to be dead. On October 19th, her body was found at Larch Mountain. The murderer is Jonathan Holt. According to his confession, he waited outside her apartment and asked for a ride. He had been to her church a few times, but I don't know how well they knew each other. After they were in the SUV, he pulled a gun on her and forced her to drive to a secluded lake. After he forced her to perform oral sex on him, he shot her four times, killing her. He claims to have thrown her phone in the lake and then took her body to the previously mentioned Larch Mountain. How the phone ended up in a different apartment complex, I have no clue. He admitted the crime and the victim's family agreed to allow the state to make a plea deal in order to shorten the trial so they could move on. I doubt such a deal was made because the family asked that he not be given the death penalty and Holt instead was sentenced to life without parole. The state has said that the family not asked... The state said that the family... Had the family not asked for the death penalty to be removed, that's what they would have gone for. A small side story, if you don't mind. There were a series of severed feet that mysteriously appeared on the Washington coast a few years back. Um, There are theories, but I think they have only linked a couple of the feet. Authorities, for some reason, do not suspect foul play, which seems crazy to me. My uncle, who lives up there and is a funeral director was one of the people to find one of these feet. Mm-hmm. I haven't talked to him quite a few years, but I'm sure it would be an interesting story if I can catch up with him. And as if this wasn't long enough, I'm putting a request to hear one of you read about the monster of Andes. Thank you. You guys are the best. Stay sexy. Don't get murdered, Eric. <clears throat> That's just sad. Uh, now, the thing that he tacked on about the feet, I've heard about that. Uh, that happens in a lot of places. Right. It's not just there. And some theories are that when larger fish eat people like it's common that they kind of chomp them and don't eat the shoes Mm -hmm. which is where the feet are that's why feet wash up and it's their buoyant shoes and i've heard that when they're near like a bridge it's like suicide people oh really (laughs) like you know the body decomposing after suicide and again the foot detaches and because the shoes are so light and Buoyant. It like takes them away, mm-hmm. takes them out to sea, mm-hmm. and then back in. Mm-hmm. God, I love that mystery. Or it could be the 
foot murderer, the <laughs> no more feet murderer. Could be all of the above. <sighs> That's There was lots of good stuff in there. Who's the monster of the Andes? The Yeti? I don't know. You know, okay, really quickly. It's so weird to me that like when you go to work in the morning and say it's still dark out, you're like, well, I'm safe. It's the morning. Mm. But there's so much that it's like it's still dark out and people don't think about it. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like you walk home at late at night by yourself and you're freaked out. But then you leave work at 530 for work at 530 in the morning and it's still fucking night out. But it's um, it almost feels like it's a reset. So it doesn't count. Yeah. Yeah. Like you don't expect anything to happen that early. Also, usually if you're up that early, you're sick to your stomach. Ugh. Like it's that thing. You have a headache and you're sick to your stomach mm-hmm. and you're just trying to get where you need to go. So you can't imagine anyone would get up to murder people. Yeah. You're not paying as much attention. Probably <laughs> you're like murderers are in bed right now. No. Yes. Every anyone who could be in bed is definitely in bed. So you yeah. have the security of knowing any decent human being is sleeping. Carry that pepper spray. <laughs> into the morning. Into the carry it all day. Until you see the sunrise. Mm-hmm. And even then. Mm. Georgia, have you ever been blown away by the most simple dish at a restaurant? Like perfectly scrambled eggs? Oh my God, yes, Karen. And then all I want to do is make that dish at home and eat it every day. Well, you probably could, as long as you have the chef's secret ingredient, Made In Cookware. Made In was created to bring restaurant-quality performance kitchenware to home chefs around the world. For years, they've built their business by supplying restaurants and top chefs with high-end cookware. Some of Tom Colicchio's most treasured dishes at his restaurant craft are made in Made In. Whether you're cooking for professional critics or just the critics you live with, your meals will benefit from the quality of Made In products. Like their carbon steel cookware, it combines the best of both cast iron and stainless steel clad, so it's rugged enough for grills or an open flame. It's the MVP of summer cookouts and cook-ins. What I really love about made-in cookware is that it actually makes something like having a Memorial Day barbecue much more convenient because you can keep everything on the grill if you need to throw, say, a pan of garlic up on the top while you're grilling your steaks on the bottom. It's strong enough, durable enough to do that. If you want to take your cooking to the next level, remember what so many great dishes have in common. They're all made in, made in. Save up to 25% this Memorial Day from May 18th through May 27th when you visit madeincookware.com. That's M-A-D-E-I-N cookware.com. Goodbye. There's something about the sound of an old-timey cash register that really takes me back. I know. It sounds like someone is about to hand me an ice cream cone, but it also sounds like we just sold some merch. That's right. And if you're a Shopify user like us, you know that this sound means you just made a sale. Shopify has helped millions of businesses sell their products online, but did you know they also offer the same support for brick and mortar stores? From accepting payments to managing inventory, they have everything you need to sell in person. So give your point of sale system a serious upgrade with Shopify. Shopify POS tracks sales across all your locations. That way you'll always know what you have in stock and where. They also provide reliable tech that fits your unique retail needs, like turning a tablet into a credit card reader. And if you're looking to reach new customers, check out Shopify's marketing tools. They're easy to use and they integrate with all social media platforms. With Shopify, we have a powerful partner for managing our sales. And if you're a business owner, you can too. Do retail right with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period today at shopify.com murder and here's the important note that promo code is all lowercase so go to shopify.com slash murder and take your retail business to the next level that's shopify.com slash murder again don't forget the code is all lowercase goodbye 
If you're like me, you're always looking for a story to dive into. Whether it's a family drama or a mystery to solve, the key to getting hooked is the details. I need rich visuals and intricate storylines, and June's Journey has that and more. June's Journey is a mobile mystery game that follows June Parker, a daring young woman, on a quest to uncover the truth about her sister's murder. This is your chance to test your detective skills because you'll play the game as June herself. Explore beautifully designed scenes from the 1920s, like lavish estates and gardens, and don't forget to keep an eye out for hidden clues. There are twists, turns, and catchy tunes, all leading you deeper into the thrilling storyline. And if you play well enough, you could make it to the detective club. There, you'll chat with other players and compete with or against them. June needs your help, but watch out, you never know which character might be a villain. Shocking family secrets will be revealed, but will you crack the case? Find out as you escape this world and dive into June's world of mystery, murder, and romance. It's all just one tap away. Discover your inner detective when you download June's Journey for free today on iOS and Android. That's June's Journey. Download the game for free on iOS and Android. Goodbye. Dear Stephen and Karen and Georgia, if this passes Stephen's screening. Sarcasm. I have been listening to the podcast since day one. Seriously, it's like finding my peeps. My grandpa was in the Benton County Sheriff's Department for 30 plus years, and it wasn't until high school that I was informed that murder is not an appropriate lunch table topic. (laughs) These days, my friends allow me 30 minutes of murder talk before we have to move on. (laughs) That's cute. Uh, I have so many hometown murders for you, largely because I grew up between Napa, California and Corvallis, Oregon, and also because my grandpa was in law enforcement. Naturally, I was taught to be afraid of everyone and to fuck politeness. Yep. My main hometown murder happened in Corvallis, Oregon, home of the Oregon State Beavers and also where Ted Bundy murdered a girl. That's not my story. In the spring of 2004, Brooke Wilberger was cleaning lamp posts in an apartment complex that her brother and her sister and brother-in-law managed. Brooke was beautiful and a devout Mormon. She had just finished her freshman year at BYU. She was 19 years old. She disappeared in broad daylight uh, sometime late that morning. Her car and flip-flops were found in the parking lot. This was a big deal for our tiny town. I had just turned 11 and my mother was on me like white on rice 24-7. I used to take my dog on walks down my street and then one block over. After that, I could only walk the dog to the end of the driveway. <laughs> she <laughs> ended the driveway. The dog's like, what the fuck, dude? <laughs> she says the dog got chunky that year. Um, <clears throat> Brooke's picture was up on billboards and flyers um, all over town. For months, it was all we talked about. At one point, the brother-in-law was suspected, but I believe that was very brief. Then this guy that used to break into women's dorms and steal panties was Mm. suspected. Yeah. But he was just a low-grave perv. Eventually, the search narrowed to Joel Courtney. He had been arrested for kidnapping and a rape of a woman in New Mexico. Police were able to confirm that he was in Corvallis that day and drove a van, similar to one seen by witnesses. You'd think you wouldn't drive a van just to just... How about a Toyota Corolla? Like powder blue van? What the fuck are you thinking? Do, um, Toyota Corolla. Whoops. I, okay. The police uh, found the van and found Brooks and Joel's Courtney's DNA inside. Mm. Despite not having a body, this was enough to charge him. This was late summer 2004. It would be five more years before she was found Aww. and her uh, family would be able to put her put her to rest after being convicted of rape in new mexico for 18 years and then extradited to oregon to stand trial for brooke wilberger's murder courtney took a deal offered to him the wilbergers were involved in this plea deal as they were very much wanted to know where their daughter was the death penalty was taken off the table uh, in exchange for a full confession 
uh, Courtney took her from the apartment parking lot that morning. He lured her to the car to ask for directions, but I'm not sure. He, I heard he lured her to the car asking for directions, but I'm not sure if that's true. And he raped her, and after she, and she fought back so hard, he realized that he would have to kill her. Rumors flew in town, and I heard that he even came back into town and went to Burger King while she was still alive in the car. After he killed her, he hid the body so well in the woods, it's unlikely it would ever have been found. After his sentence in New Mexico is up, he will spend a true life sentence in prison for Brooke's murder. More hometown murders to come. I'll try to keep them shorter. Uh, stay sexy. Don't get murdered. Shelby. Jesus, Shelby, you need to move out of that fucking town. I mean, yeah. Wow. That's awful. That's really sad. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see. This one... Home Alone saved my life. <laughs> Sounds fun. <laughs> and they and she writes, she or he. And they write, hey, hard kills. Nice. Which is like, okay. Yeah. My <laughs> name is Alicia J from Portland, Oregon, and I can tell you the exact moment I became a murderino. I grew up in your typical suburban town of Beaverton, Oregon, and when I was 12 years old, my parents allowed me to stay home alone for the first time while they went to a party, expecting to be back rather late. They set me up with a pizza, blockbuster VHS tape, and my of my best friend's wedding um, about near the scene where they start singing in the restaurant. I hear my front door rattle. Mm-mm. I looked down the windowless entry and, and fucking saw the doorknob rotating back and forth in all caps. Wait, Pan- sorry, really quick. 10 or 12? Uh, 12. Fuck. It's so like, are we allowed to be alone at 12 now? Not now. No, no way. Oh my God. I was alone at eight. I know. We were, we, yeah, we were so Ridiculous. young when we were alone. Ridiculous. Uh, panicking like an idiot, I dropped on all fours, worried that they might be able to see from other windows around the house and crawled towards my kitchen, grabbed the biggest knife, yes. and pulled my dog in from the garage, scared they would hurt him. Aww. Then I crawled back to the entryway, watching our 70s house heavy, our 70s house heavy solid wooden door at this point forcibly jerking with a metal on metal sound not knowing what else to do like i don't know call 911 <laughs> i took a clue from macaulay culkin from home alone and yelled out mom you need to see this movie it's hilarious the door immediately stopped rattling and several seconds later i was able to see headlights backing out for a Bracking out for twenty five yard or twenty five yard driveway, pretty stupid. Stupidly, I didn't say anything to my parents as I was worried they would never let me be alone again. <laughs> Two days later, it was reported on the local news that a home invasion down the street from me had gone wrong. This time, there was an older man at home instead of a kitchen knife. He had a shotgun, and you guessed it, the two home invaders were both shot, one killed on scene, the other critically injured. The homeowner was facing murder charges, but I believe was dropped after claiming self-defense, and the injured plead, pled guilty. To this day, my parents still don't know what happened, and I'm in my <laughs> 30s. Holy shit. Tell them and then videotape you telling them and then send it to us, please. (laughs) I saw you gals at Seattle after Portland's show sold out so quickly. I bought the tickets before the announcements of the second show. I raised my hand to tell the story, but I swear to God, Karen, you looked straight at me and I quickly lost the courage and lowered my hand. That's right. Which I will always regret. (laughs) (laughs) I became an RN and through the shit I've literally seen and and swarm through I developed a morbid sense of humor that I will admit is usually uh, not popular at parties <laughs> however after being with guys since the third 
Oh, however, being with you guys since the third episode, I finally found my people, hundreds screaming and clapping over Ted Bundy, and realize you can laugh to cope and fuck all who don't understand. Keep it up by spreading the humor and joy of dark subjects. Hugs and cuddles to Steven and all fur babies, Alicia. Oh, that's that nice. Was, that was a good one to end on because the rest were like really depressing. I know. <laughs> Here's what I love. So she doesn't tell her parents that this really horrifying thing happens so she can stay home alone again. It's such child thinking. It like (laughs) she's not put off staying home alone. Your brain isn't doesn't really finish until like (laughs) twenty five. You know what I mean? It's I love her so much. And she still hasn't told them. I think we should call them right now. Oh my God, can we please call your parents, Alicia? That would be we'll tell them thing. We'll tell them with like big wide eyes and yeah. smiles on our faces. We'll be like, oh, creep them out. They could have saved the guy who got broken in on down the street. Oh no! I love that. I was afraid you were going to say something else. I love that Me that too. old man was just like, nope. Yeah, that was amazing. Why wasn't the dog barking? Bad dog. Well, it was in the basement. Yeah, it's like, can you get me the fuck out of the garage? Remember when you used to keep your pets in garages? I know. It's such a different world it now. It is like it's a different world. <laughs> she's like she's like 21 and it was 10 years ago. No, that's not true. <laughs> um, that was fun. Also can't imagine being so scared and still being able to yell, Mom, come and see this movie. Totally. Totally. Oh, oh such a good one. Yeah. All right. Well, those are your hometown murders. Way to go, you guys. Oregon, Portland area. Send uh, us your hometown murders. Send them to Steven because he's still on reading them now. It's my, his actual job. I mean, this is his job. He loves it. My favorite murder at Gmail. If you ha- it, listen, if you have a good subject line, it's more likely that we'll pay attention to it. It helps. It helps us. It, it helps you. It helps us. But if not, you know, don't sweat it. Just stay sexy and don't get murdered. Bye. Bye.